There he is. Boy, you stay in the car. Well, come on. No, no, you, not me, no. Get out of the car. Six, Montana. How come you're you're not heading to uh, Fort Worth where your mama is? She's not there. She lied. Again. Listen, kid. Uh, we know you got your heart set on going to Montana, but uh, it's late. Hub, help me out here. Why? Sounds like his mind's made up. Good luck in Montana, kids. We got better maps than that one at the house, right, Hub? Yeah, man, needs a good map, that's for sure. Sure. I've been to the orphan home before. I don't want to go back. It ain't our fault you got a lousy mother. I guess I should get going. Which way is north? Uh, listen, kid. Uh, do us a favor. If you come back to the house and stay a while, why, our relatives are going to hate it. I, I bet they hate it so much, they go away and leave us all alone. Crazy enough, it just mm. might work. Sure. Yeah. Come on, kid. Help us out here. Guess I could come back for a while. Seeing it's so important. A good life gets passed on to the grandchildren. God's word promises that if you live a good life, not only will it impact your children, but it will impact their children. That sounds pretty cool, doesn't it? But then you got to ask, what is a good life? Is there just some arbitrary set of rules and regulations that maybe if you follow them, maybe you'll be lucky enough to have a good life? No. The Bible has the, the key to that, and it's in the next verse, which is Psalm 112, 6. A righteous man, I didn't underline that on your listening guide, did I? Underline that, righteous man. And ladies, you can put a woe in front of that. A righteous woe man will be remembered forever. There's the clue. It's this idea of righteousness. 
Now, I wouldn't dare claim that Hub and Garth in this movie are righteous men. Do not think I'm going there. There's no indication from their lives that they acknowledge or follow any type of God. But as I watch this movie, and I've seen it several times, I start to realize that these guys exhibit a few characteristics without even meaning to of what it means to live a good life and what it means to influence future generations. So today what I want to do is I want to look at what God's Word tells us about living a life of legacy, living a good life which then impacts your children's life and your children's children. And the key phrase in this uh, scene that we just watched was when Hub tells Walter, man needs a good map, that's for sure. And so what we're going to do is we're going to open up this map. God hasn't left us here on our own. He's given us a roadmap, and you only get to your destination based on the information from your roadmap. How good is your roadmap? Some of us keep making the wrong turns over and over again, hoping we'll get to a different destination. That's one definition of insanity, is doing the same thing over and over, hoping that things will change. What we want to do is figure out God's unchanging principles from His map that will lead us to a good life a life of legacy. So we're going to look through the, the God's map today, and there's a couple of things. There's four things on your listening guide. The first two things are action steps, things to do in order to live a good life. The second two things, numbers three and four, they're things to be. These are character traits to work on. We're human beings, not human doings. God's more important in, in what type of person we're becoming. And so the second two are about character traits to work on. So let's look at the map. If you have your map with you, open it up to Proverbs 17, 7, which says this, respected people do not tell lies. First action of a person who lives a good life is this, speak with integrity. Do you know what integrity means? It means keeping your word, whether it's convenient or not. And by the way, when the, when the Bible talks about a man of integrity, it doesn't mean a, a man who has never sinned like Jesus. Integrity means you're honest about your weaknesses. You're honest about your failures. You go to someone as soon as you know that you have a problem with them, admit your failures and try to make the relationship right. That's what God talks about is integrity. In the Old Testament, it talks about Job was blameless. It doesn't mean he was sinless. Job was the most righteous man at that time on the planet because he acknowledged his failings. Day after day, he confessed his sins and his children's sins uh, to God, thinking that God would have favor on him if he tried everything he could to be the man God wanted him to be. That's a man of integrity, is admitting that I don't have it all together. Um, why is this such a big deal? Well, here it is in Proverbs 25, 14. Broken promises are worse than rain clouds that don't bring rain. Now, we've had a couple of big rains here, but you remember what it's like to go months or at least weeks without rain, right? You ever planted anything that needed rain? You ever wished your grass was green and it wouldn't rain and you were too cheap to water it? Yeah, you understand so when you see those, those storm clouds coming on the horizon, there's hope. And then when it doesn't rain, there's no hope. And the Bible says that when you break your promises, it's worse than that. Well, I, I don't know if any of you have ever failed to keep your promises. But I have, so I'm preaching to me today. Here's some common broken promises. I'll return it as soon as I'm done with it. As soon as I put this one down, I thought of something in my shed that I have not returned. And I've got to do that this week. 
I won't tell anyone what you've told me. Nobody's ever used that one, right? And broken. Nobody? The check's in the mail. I'll be home at 6 p.m., honey. We're going to take class 101 soon. Or it could be, we're going to offer class 101 soon. We can play this weekend, son. We'll do it when things settle down. Or my favorite, my diet begins tomorrow. Y'all ever used any of those and broken them? Harmless words, right? Here's the issue. Studies have shown that the leading cause, the number one cause of resentment in children is broken promises by their parents. And honestly, I don't think you make the promise thinking you're going to break it. But then life happens. You get busy. You get stressed out. Sometimes you're just too tired to follow through on your promises. But a person of integrity does what they say. Because when we don't, when we make promises to our children and we break those promises, we're modeling a life without integrity, a lack of integrity. So we've got to do what we say we're going to do. And, and is it easy to live with integrity? Has anybody found that it's easy to live with integrity? No, it's not. That's why you need God's help. And here's a prayer that maybe you need to start praying. Maybe I need to start praying this week. Come straight out of Scripture. Psalm 101.2. I will try to walk a blameless path, but how I need your help, especially in my own home, where I long to act as I should. It's most difficult to live a life of integrity in your home because they know you. They see you in every situation. You can impress people from a distance. But you can only influence them up close. And if you want to influence your children's children, then integrity is the way to do it. We've got to start practicing what we preach. Now, today what we're going to do is, is in each of these four categories, I'm going to ask you to rate yourself right there on your listening guide. And this is, this is not a scale of 1 to 10. This is pass or fail. This is an up or down vote. So what I'm going to say is you write the, the letters okay, meaning I'm a person of integrity. I, I do what I say. If you're okay in that category, you write okay. If you need some work, you write NW, needs work in this area, right? So it's just one or the other. Either I'm okay, I'm doing what I say, or I need work in this area of speaking with integrity, all right? Second action step on our map indicates um, that in order to have this good life and be remembered... We need to serve where it matters. Serve where it matters. Um, one of the most popular commercials right now is the uh, Chase credit card commercials, right? Where you get all of these miles and you can spend them on a nice dress is what the lady has. Or you go on vacations or on ski trips. What is their slogan? Y'all know their slogan. Chase what matters. The first time I saw that, I, I was offended because what they're saying is everything that matters can be purchased by a credit card. There's a life slogan. I'm going to charge it. I'm going to go in debt because that's what matters. I think a better life slogan, especially if you want to be remembered forever, is serve what matters. Because not everything out there matters. Not everything has the same importance. Now, what I want you to do is I want you to realize that there are some things worth investing your life in. There are some things that aren't. And this next movie clip, I want you to watch and notice what the uncles decide to invest their lives in. Check this out. So, kid, how's that root beer? 
Uncle Hub, Uncle Garth. This has been such a wonderful weekend. I hate to bring this up, but have you two looked at that will I left for you? Uh, you both need to be thinking about these things at your age. This is no ordinary salesman. Hell, I like me a challenge. We talk? Come out where we can see you. Put down your guns and I'll come out. This guy Gentlemen, is good. I'll cover it. You sneak around. not complete. What? What? Do you, what? what? Why not see what he's selling? It's right behind my car. Well, what's the good of having all that money if you're never going to spend it? Trust me. Could be the kid has a point. Well, we'll see what the man's selling. Then we shoot him. Good plan. <laughs> Due to the uh, unsettling nature of our previous encounters, I took it upon myself to search the world over for that, that perfect item that'd be just right for two exuberant sportsmen such as yourselves. And boys, well, I do believe I found it. What is it? Well, that right there is a sport of kings. Up till now, only heads of state have been able to afford a fine piece of equipment like that, and it is so simple to operate, even this child could do it. Really? Oh, here. Tell you what. Step right up here and chunk that lever back on my signal, okay? Go ahead. Most powerful one on the market, and very reasonably priced, I might add. Well, that is the biggest waste of money I have ever seen in my entire life. Mister, you load up that contraption and get that. We'll take it. Oh, no, you don't. I wanted my children around with gun foolishness. And leave. I... Come on, Daddy, let's go. matter, don't they? Now, Walter's not there on purpose. I mean, it's not his fault that he was dropped off by his mom who didn't care. She abandoned him. He was in need. And so the uncles about this time decide that Walter's not so bad to have around. Now, they have figured out that the rest of the family, they only are out for their own selfish interests. And so they decide to begin putting some value investing into Walter. And I think they made a good choice. Now, the Bible tells us that there are some things that matter and some things don't. And Jesus warned us about this in John 6, 27, when he says, Don't work for food that spoils. 
Instead, work for food that lasts into eternal life. Now, he's not telling us not to work because another place in the Bible it says if somebody won't even bother to work, the church doesn't even need to worry about feeding them. But if somebody will, somebody who, who can work and, and does work, then the Bible says we're supposed to fellowship with them. He's not talking about working here for a, a job to provide for your family. He's got a principle. Here's the principle. He's saying don't waste your time and your energy on things that don't matter, on things that rust, on things that decay, on things that will not last. Use your life, invest your life in things that are going to last forever, for eternity. Bible tells us there's two things that last forever. Number one is truth. Two things last forever. Number one is truth. Now, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus lasts forever. But he also said that this word, God's word, is truth. The Bible says, Jesus is quoting, uh, it's quoting Jesus here, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words won't pass away. So Jesus says, everything you see and touch and feel, it's going to pass away, but my words will not. Then he also says, the grass withers and fades and the flowers fade, but the word of God abides or lives forever. So build your life on the Bible, on truth. Opinions go, uh, come and go, fashions come and go, but truth is always true. This Bible was true 2,000, 4,000, some parts of it are 4,000 years old. 4,000 years ago, it was true. It's true today. Two, four, six, eight, ten thousand years from now, it's still going to be true. What is truth holds true forever. So the Bible says that truth is something that we need to have in our lives. Second thing that lasts forever is people. People are made by God to last forever. And what the Bible teaches is that every person is going to live forever in one of two places, either heaven or hell. And people have said to me, do you really believe in heaven and hell? And I say, yeah, Jesus talked about heaven and hell and I'm a follower of Christ. So if he's my leader, I'm going to believe the things that he believes in. God talked about heaven and hell. The Bible talks about heaven and hell. Of course, I believe in it. One day your heart is going to stop beating. That will be the end of your earthly life, but it will not be the end of you. Whatever you've chosen to commit your life to in this world will determine where you spend your eternity in the next world. And so if you've asked Jesus to be the forgiver of your sins and the leader of your life, that's the only way, according to the Bible, according to truth, that you can get into heaven is to ask Christ to do that. His ticket is how you get into heaven. If you choose to reject Him here on this planet then God's going to honor your choice not only for this planet, but also for the next life. If you say, I don't want anything to do with God, then God's going to say, okay, I'm going to honor your choice when you die and you will spend an eternity separated from me. Now, the Bible says some things matter, some things don't. So let's do a quick quiz. Let's just figure out what matters and what doesn't. Name for me the last five winners of the Miss America contest. Uh, Texas, you wouldn't know her name even if you knew which state she came from, right? Does anybody remember the last one? I don't know. Name 10 people who won the Nobel or Pulitzer Prize. Obama, Obama just because we hear that. And then is it Ken Salazar? Somebody in his cabinet has also won one. Even the liberals are tired of him saying Nobel Prize winner. So we got two. Al Gore. Wow. Not even going to go there. Name the last half dozen Academy Award winners for best actor or actress. Okay. Name the most valuable player in football, basketball, and baseball for the last five years. Who, what? Shaquille O'Neal. Dude, 
you're not that old. I don't think you've been alive as, as long as it's been since he was the MVP. Peyton Manning. Kobe. I know, he was a long time ago from Phoenix. Yeah, we're, we're struggling, right? Because sports matter. I mean, I, I cheer. I, I, I'm all into the Rangers. And I got ticked off when the USA got beaten in soccer yesterday. But it doesn't matter. By the way, who beat the USA in the World Cup four years ago? Ghana. Who beat the USA yesterday? Ghana. Ghana, yeah. Exact same score. Now, here, here's another quiz. Check this quiz out. Can you name the most helpful teacher you had in school? Third grade teacher, Mrs. Smith. Ninth grade teacher, Mrs. Giles. Can you remember? Yeah, you can. Can you name two friends who helped you through a difficult time? No problem. Can you name someone who taught you something worthwhile? Sure. What? My mom. She's across the aisle. Oh. Can you name somebody who believed in your potential growing up? Can you name some people you enjoy spending time with? Why can we so quickly remember the second category and not the first category? Stuff that matters. The people that you remember are not the, not the ones that are most talented. They're not the most wealthy. They're not the most educated. They're not even celebrities, more than likely. The people you remember at the drop of a hat are the people who served you with love. Right? You felt their love and it changed you. And you'll remember them forever. Well, the Bible gives us a promise that if we will invest our lives and people, look what Psalm 37, 18 says. Day by day, the Lord observes the good deeds done by godly men and gives them eternal rewards. God is watching and nothing you do for God will ever go unrewarded. God's watching on a daily basis and crediting to your account where you're going to live far longer in eternity than you do here. You're going to have an account that's built up based on the deeds that you did in this life. So here's a question for you. Can you point to anything in your life that you do on a weekly basis that doesn't benefit you or your family? It's a ministry where you are building somebody else up. You get nothing out of it. Is there anything in your schedule that's solely for the benefit of someone else? Or is everything you do about you? So you want to rate yourself on this one? I'm okay in this area. I'm serving what matters. I'm serving where it matters. Or do you need work? Okay or NW? Those are your two choices. Now the Bible tells us there are two character traits that we need to work on. The first two things were action steps, things we do. These next two are being things, human being things, things we need to be. First one here, or number three, is be generous. The Bible makes it very clear that we make a living by what we get in life, but we make a legacy by what we give away. I want you to listen to what Walter says to his uncles here at the end of the movie um, about what they gave to him. Check this out. You know, you're lucky, Stan. Lucky that lion got you before we did. Mm -hmm. 
I wonder what your uncles are saying to Stan. Probably they're what every boy needs to know about being a mass speech. Well, I'm glad to see they're making friends. So, you all set? Let's go. Well, to make a long story short, Stan, you and me, we can be friends. We can be enemies. Ooh. Well, boys, I hope Walter wasn't too much trouble. We manic. What's going to happen to him? A man like that's got no business being around your boy. Well, of course not. What kind of a mother would I be? I'm going to drop him off in Las Vegas. Be back for the rest of that speech. If I'll be here. Good boy. Thanks for the, st the stories and, and everything. It. It meant an, an awful, awful lot. Take the child away from his mother and give it to old bachelor uncles. Yeah. She'll sell it to us. How much money we got? Uh, there's nothing we can do. He's gone. This is a, a huge point that, that Jesus made in the Bible that your your feelings follow the money trail. And these guys have begun to invest in Walter and they've seen him become a, a better man, even though he's still a young man. And so at this point, Hub's heart has been touched by this little boy and he says, how much money we got? Maybe she'll sell him to us. She doesn't deserve him. We need to get this boy back. And, and so if you, if you want to understand how to live this life that impacts others, then you got to go back to the map in 2 Corinthians 9, 9 which says, godly people give generously. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. Godly people means those who are most like God are most generous. The most famous verse in the Bible, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world, he gave. And anytime we give, anytime I give, I am 
showing my nature like my heavenly father. I am becoming like him. How many of you have heard of Andrew Carnegie? Carnegie Hall, Carnegie Institute. You heard that name? When he died, they found a little uh, piece of paper in his desk in which he'd written his life mission. Here's what he said. I'm going to spend the first half of my life making as much money as I can. And I'm going to spend the second half of my life giving it all away. And he did. By the time he died, he had given away over $450 million. So you got all of these foundations, all of these things with his name on it. And we still remember him because he was a giver. If he'd kept it all to himself, he'd be a nobody. We wouldn't know his name. The, the, the strange thing about that story, though, is early in his life, he said, I see no use for a supernatural. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go by what I can see. And so he left money to foundations, to education, to uh, uh, colleges and all kinds of things. And that's great. Toward the end of his life, he started attending church with his wife, but there's no indication that he ever became a follower of Jesus Christ. And if this word is true, if Jesus Christ is true, then Carnegie left some great buildings, left some great education, and then went to hell. What a waste of that life. Now, the map tells us we've got to be like God and we've got to be generous because really money is an indication of where your heart is. And so I want you to, to grade yourself on this one. Are you okay in the generous area or do you need work? Okay or NW? There's one last thing that, that God wants us to be and that's to be humble. Proverbs 29, 23 says, Arrogance will bring your downfall, but if you are humble, you will be respected. You need to be humble or you're going to stumble. Heard about two Texas ranchers who were bragging, which means they had no humility, about their ranches. One guy said, what's the name of your cattle ranch? And I put this on the screen so you could get this. My cattle ranch is the Circle W Rocking R Rolling B Around the World Rainbow Ranch. First rancher was impressed and he said, you must have quite a herd of cattle to have a name like that. Second rancher goes, nah, very few of my cattle survived the branding. <laughs> his arrogance killed his cattle. And I wonder how many moms and dads' arrogance has killed their legacy. I know a lot of parents who are too proud to go to their kids and say, I am wrong. I messed up. I know a dad that several years ago when we first came to Palestine on his deathbed, we went over and prayed for him several times as a staff. And on, on his deathbed, he began to weep. And he said, I think I was too hard on my kids. And before he died, he gathered all of his children around. And he said, I'm so sorry for being too hard on you. Why do we have to wait till the end of our lives to figure out that we don't have to pretend to have it all together. See, we're all into this, this image thing. Really, image is the uh, enemy of, of humility. To really live, we've got to be humble. And one of my favorite things at the end of this movie, um, they, they ask him the question, did, did these men really live? And Walter said, oh yeah, they really lived. Now, when, when Walter gets to come back 
he says to them, uh, he has a few demands that he makes of his uncles. And his uncles have a choice whether they're going to be humble or not. Watch this last clip. Salesman ought to be here in two, three hours. Whoop de doo. going to live here, there's going to be some conditions. Conditions? One, you two got to stick around until I'm through with high school at least, preferably college. You both got responsibilities now. PTA, Boy Scouts, Little League, the works. Sounds like we don't have much choice. (laughs) Two, you both got to take better care of yourselves. More vegetables, less meat. I wonder if uh, traveling salesmen sell school supplies. And three, no more dangerous stuff. No fighting teenagers, no airplanes. Now wait one and minute. At least till I'm through with college. Maybe longer. You expect us to die of old age? Throughout the whole movie, Hub is trying to figure out why he's still alive. He has no reason to be here. He said, I'm getting old and I don't have anything. And then right at the end, he figures out he's here to invest in the lives of future generations. That's why you're here as well. And he doesn't have to pretend that he has it all together and neither do you. You know, today we think that respected is the way to... uh, to, be, to have this phony image is the way to be respected. And so there's image coaches that will tell you what to, west, uh, west, what to dress, what to wear, how to dress. Wes. Oh, yeah, Freudian slip. They'll tell you not to be like Wes. Um, sorry, I'm trying to get out of that. And I can't, I'm not making it. Everyone already knows that you don't have it all together. And really, we don't want to be around arrogant people. Arrogant people are a pain in the butt. You know the folks that we like to hang out with the most? It's, it's the people that after you've been with them, you go, man, they're regular people. They don't pretend. They're just real. Those are the folks that you want to hang out with, that I want to hang out with. So let's just quit pretending that we've got it all together and admit our mistakes 
and love each other anyway. That's what the church is supposed to be about. So I want you to rate yourself on this one about being humble. Are you okay? Or do you need work? If you aren't really living, if you've been struggling in your life, I'm willing to bet at least one, but probably more than one of these four you've put NW on. So why not start today working on those areas where you need work? Take your registration cards for me, fill those out. And on the back, I want you to put the numbers one, two, three, and four. And whatever you wrote on those four characteristics, those four things we looked at today, I want you to put on there. You don't have to spell it out. If you've got four okays, I'm going to be impressed and I'm going to come to you for all kinds of wisdom and understanding and, and prayer because you got it all together. If you're all four NW, I'm going to say, man, you're like me. Maybe we should hang out some and find somebody else that's better than us and we'll learn from them. But I want you to be honest about who you are and where you need work. 